now, it's time for... No, I don't live in my parents' basement. A show that covers comics, movies, music, pop culture, and everything in between. Here's your host, B.J. Kennard and Adam Dellinger. Hi, uh, I am B.J. Kennard, along with Adam Dellinger. Welcome to No, I Don't Live in My Parents' Basement. Off for a week uh, because I went to uh, New York City. And it was a good time. We'll get to that in a second. You were about to ask me something. I was going to ask you something, but I was going to say that uh, we're going to get to BJ's trip to Midtown Comics. Mm -hmm. I have been to Midtown Comics. Uh, I didn't go on my most recent trip to New York, but now that we have both gone, Mm -hmm. I feel like we get to discuss the dynamic there. I know you're excited to get to that. But I was going to ask you if you saw... Now, we had like two massive tragedies. At the time of this taping, we're... um, Four days removed from a couple of shootings in America, and and like every time that happens, yeah, like I'm not and I'm not getting like super heavy or or anything like that. But every time that happens, there's all this like uh, social media chatter and and people, it, it, everything seems to become politicized. Right? Did you see Greg Capullo on Instagram? No, I honest to goodness, I haven't. I in the last week and a half, I've only been on Facebook to post pictures of my trip to New York City. I haven't read anything. I haven't looked at anything. Uh, I'm I'm completely out. What did he do? So, uh, no, I'm with you. I use Instagram, like, differently. I think we've talked about that before, too. My Instagram is just literally a feed of guitar players. Right. And that's all it is. And various comic book. Like, I follow us. Mm-hmm. No basement. All yep. right, give us a follow. And I need to be better at that. And it's just stuff like that. Yeah. But um, apparently, he shared a photo... Or DC shared a photo or something of a character from a panel of a Batman ruin. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this or not, but Snyder and Capullo are wrapping their Batman ruin. Okay, didn't know that. Yeah, okay. So they're bringing their story to an end. Okay. And I don't really know what that means because this is not the new 52 story. Right. Just this version of whatever it is. Well, the character has a shaved head. And on the side of the head, it says resist. Mm-hmm. And so all these people come out and they're attacking Greg for doing the art. Mm-hmm. And they're like... They're thinking like a white supremacist thing or something? Yeah, and they're like, I can't believe you guys are, are you know, turning Batman political. He lost... Dude, he lost his shit on uh, Instagram. Yeah. And he's like, no way it has anything to do with the villain. No way it could possibly have anything to do with the story of a comic book that you haven't even read before. Right. He got ultra transparent, and I've never seen him angry. Yeah. It was rad. That's great. You should go back and check it out. Yeah, I'll have to pop on and do it. Uh, I did enjoy my trip to New York. Uh, so, Midtown Comics was a letdown for me. All right. Uh, and it was, uh, here's what I expected, and maybe shame on me. You know, we have our local comic book store, which I love, and I go every Wednesday and pick up my comics, and they've got to, well, we'll get to what, what they have there in a second. I thought when I was going to go to Midtown Comics, and I went to the Times Square when I know there's three in New York City, I've been on their website many times, I thought I was going to walk into a virtual wonderland of comics, the FAO Shorts of comics. And when I walked in, because you walk upstairs, because it's 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 two stories, but it's the second and third floor of the building that they're in. When I walk in, I'm like, oh, and it, and it is pretty amazing when you see it. There's a lot of stuff on that first floor, but most of the stuff on the first floor are all trade paperbacks. And, you know, if I need to pick up something I'm, I'm behind on or something I just skipped totally, like there's a image has a, a line called Prodigy. 
And when I went to a, a comic book store a handful of months ago in another city, one of their people had recommended that. They only had like one issue and it was like issue four or something like that. So I'll, you know what I'll do? I'll pick up the trade paperback when it comes out. Not ready for that. When you look to the right when you get in there, it's nothing but new comics. And they have a crap load of new comics. Variant issues, all that stuff. Cool, that's what I expected. And I did pick up a couple of those. I want you to think in your mind how much money did I spend at Midtown Comics. Okay, I'll save that. Yeah. Uh, so then I'm like, all right, well, where's where's the rest of it? Like, where's the back issues? Where are the CGC comics? Where's Where's that? Oh, there's the stairs. Cool. Upstairs. Let's go upstairs. Let's go check it out. I go upstairs. I'm like, oh, okay. Not as big as downstairs. That's fine. And... There's not a ton of back issues up here. There are boxes, and there's and uh, the one critique is they they cram so many comics into one box. Can't flip through them. It's difficult to go through it. So that's unpleasant as as a fan. And there wasn't a ton of it. And that's what's up there besides T-shirts and stuff. There's pop vinyls downstairs, and that's Midtown. I'm like, well, where's the I got a list of some stuff that I want. What, like, well, let me try to go through here. If you wanted back issues, you, anything older than like three or four years, not going to be in those boxes, really. Not, not a lot. All right, now let me interject. Yeah. Why did you think that Midtown Comics was going to be anything but a comic store just because it's in New York City? I thought they have a history. They do so much business that they would offer more comics and or a wider variety of comics like if i wanted to go through and get batman hush if i wanted some of those comics i figure midtown's gonna have some of those for me but you, but but here's the here's the thing and i'm gonna lay this out from one of my first trips to new york city mm -hmm. and why this is the way that it is you don't think that the folks at midtown comics there's no way like they have a finance director and like a marketing person that have put together, these are the things that we sell. Mm -hmm. These are the things that we can't move, guys. That is a, a comic book shop that does a lot of business just because there's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean there's... So I know what you're saying. Your idea is you're going to walk in there, because I'm guilty of this too. I did the same thing at a guitar store in New York City, and I'll tell that story too. But you think there's going to be a rack and it's going to be Spider-Man 300 of varying grades, various signatures, and maybe no, there's 12 of them there. No, like I think I would. they would at least have one or two up there. But it might be in the same area where Secret Wars is going to be up there and early black suits. You know, maybe something they've kind of got grouped together. But then also Spider-Man 700 is going to be hanging out maybe in that group or, or predominant issues uh, or even Spider-Man 800 uh, from what we just had a little while ago. And I'd be able to take a look at those and go, oh, look at that stuff. Like you, I will hit up a comic shop in a town I've never been to or if I find one on a road trip and I do the same thing with music shops. I'm leaving to go to Charlotte, North Carolina today. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you on that trip, I'm going to hit a music shop. Not a Guitar Center, Sam Ash or whatever. Yeah. I'm going to a brick-and-mortar individual owner. Sure. Deal, right? Yeah. In my experience going to comic book shops, this is the honest truth. Nobody has a better back catalog and a better selection of high-quality graded comics than our guy does right here in our own backyard. I, I really believe that. Yeah. 
Do you think that? I th- yeah, especially compared to what I just went to. Now I did go to one in uh, Greensboro. Is that Green? No, Greenville, Greenville, South Carolina. That's a, a couple months ago. Yeah, and they had a tremendous selection of comics. It was outstanding, way better than what Midtown provided to me. And here, and I'm not trying to dig on Midtown because they've got three stores. They've got to put inventory in those three stores. But I think what they've decided to do is with that same person who's like, "What can we sell and what can we not sell?" I think they've decided to be an on uh, an online retailer first. In a comic book store second. Okay, so that's what I was going to say. First time I went to New York, you know where I had to go? It was the hottest thing at the time. Maybe not the first time, but this would have been around 02, 03, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, it wasn't the first time I went. Virgin Record Store. Yeah. Okay? Branson's Place. Mm-hmm. I had never seen anything like it. Like, I go into this place, and you, there's this movie. I bought it there. It's called In the Midnight Hour. Okay. LeVar Burton's in the movie. Okay, Data. Uh, made for Not Data. They use Data. No. Who, who is he? No, he's... Uh, he's, the, he's got the visor. He's got the visor. Why can't I remember his name? also reading your rainbows, too. Of course you. he does. Uh, but it was a made-for-television movie that came on Fox okay. in, like, 1988, right. Hall- the week of Halloween. Uh, Wolfman Jack... It, it, they did, like, the American Graffiti deal where they're okay. riding around, and Wolfman Jack is the, the DJ. Sure. And they've got this awesome... Like Wilson Pickett's in the soundtrack, uh, like the Four Tops, and such a killer movie. Yeah, good story. Bunch of actors that would go on to do other things, mm-hmm. but because it was made for TV, you could never find it. Right. Virgin Record Store had it. Yeah. They had it in the midnight hour on DVD, and it looked just like somebody ripped that thing off on a computer and printed the. I mean, they had all that kind of stuff. Sure. Next time I go to New York, Virgin Record Store doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. It's not even there. Amazon, the internet's killed it. Yeah. Now, I think for comic books, Midtown is Amazon. Now, I know you can get everything at Amazon, but Midtown still offers all of their variant comics, mm-hmm. which I think is interesting that you're digging on them slightly, but they did have variants that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, but there wasn't as big of a selection as I thought I would have seen. They have their Midtown exclusives when you walk in that's on the right, and there is about 12 different comics up there. I was expecting to see a whole bunch. Yeah, but can't that change at any given week? It could, but then where's the rest of it? Like, where where can I find the other ones? So you've put up some new ones. Where are the ones that you replaced? Yeah, but just... It should be in another section of, here's all the Midtown variants that we have. But I think instead it's in a box somewhere, ready for an on to, uh, online poll... For someone who bought it. Or, that's what I was going to say, it's already been sold. I mean, think if uh, Coastal Comics had Coastal Comics exclusives, Mm -hmm. and he got the Venom and Spider-Man variant run for the next issue. Mm -hmm. Those aren't going to last. Right. And I get it. I really do. I was just... When I was a kid, I used to buy my comics off the rack at a gas station. I used to walk in, and I'd turn the turnstile, and I'd find the comics that I wanted. And that's what I would ask my mom if I could have a couple of these. And then a few years later, I discovered that we have comic book stores. 
and you could go. And this is in Atlanta. There was Titan Comics and Games. And you walked into this uh, sort of uh, looked like a one-story ranch house on Lawrenceville Highway. And it was it was industrial, but there was this house here. And I was like, are you sure this is it? This is what the address says. There's a sign. You go inside, and it smells like a comic book store. And there's all this cool stuff and all these long boxes. And there's a whole bunch of stuff. Then the guy tells you, oh, we have another floor below us as well. And it blows your mind because this is more comics than you've ever seen. Then you go downstairs, and there's even more. It's all right there. You get to thumb through the stuff. You get to see it. You get to smell it. You get to experience it and then that's what I think the comic experience should be being able to walk into a place see stuff you haven't seen before being able to physically touch it and look at it because I don't want to buy if I'm going to spend $250 on a comic book if it's not graded and sealed I'm not buying that online I need to see it and touch it and thumb through it a little bit or at least make sure it looks okay that's the last big purchase that I made was that uh Greg and Scott signed Batman mm-hmm. number one new 52 comic. Yeah. I could have bought that off the internet at a maybe a better price. Like I talked to our comic guy, uh, Drew, about it at the time. Mm-hmm. He was like, you could get this online, shipping and handling. You might save $10, but you get to look at this book. Yep. Because it wasn't, it wasn't sealed. Right. Remember, it hadn't been graded yep. yet. And so I pulled that thing out, and I flipped through the pages, and I turned it over, and like, okay, I don't see any creases. And... I'm like, hey, mail this thing off. I wouldn't have bought it online either. I get that. Yeah. And so I missed that experience. And so when I went into Midtown, I did have a list of some stuff that I wanted that that we don't have at the local place. And I was like, let me see. And when I got to the section, there's some, some, I've been picking up some uh, Jim Lee Superman stuff from like around the 200s. And when I went to that section, it doesn't exist. It is a flat panel that says Superman volume uh, three, volume four, volume five, and there, there are zero yeah. comics. It's literally three dividers in a row before I get to volume whatever they've got, and they've got plenty of like the John Romita run and, and and some of those. And I'm like, oh, I'm a little disappointed. They're cool. Let me go over to this part over here. Oh, they don't have any of those. But there's a lot of things around that store that says, oh, don't see what you want. Go to MidtownComics.com and and see if we've got it there. I'm guessing. That Midtown has. I've been to the store that you went to. Yeah. I'd be interested in checking out the other locations. I don't even know where they are. Like, well, there's one south. There's one um, before you get to the Brooklyn Bridge, like down on the Soho District. And then there was one other one. And I, I almost went to the one down in like Tribeca Soho. Uh, I could see it on the map as we were walking around, but I wasn't going to pull all of us into the comic book store for me to maybe di- be disappointed again. Okay. So. Before we completely say, man, Midtown Comics is like this internet-based. Midtown Comics is awesome because it's just they are. because it's just a comic store in New York City, and they shouldn't be anything other than that. They're mm-hmm. like super serving the people of New York City, and kids can walk there and get comics. Like that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But I get where you were a little let down. I, I, I think we should probably pay a visit to the other two locate. I mean, maybe one of them is. Maybe they're they're all specialty. It's like compartmentalized. I but don't I, know, dude. I went to a music shop. Same deal. Yeah. Sign on the door, uh, neon light in the mm-hmm. window, Fender. Yeah. You know, quality Fender musical instruments, whatever that thing is. And I go inside, and it's the same. I was kind of the same way. Like I'm thinking, oh man, there's gonna be. They're gonna have something. They're gonna have something. I'm looking at 63 Strats gonna be hanging behind the counter for you know 30 grand. It's mm-hmm. gonna be great same strats they got at our local 
you know, fender dealer here in town. Yeah. I mean, same exact thing. Yeah. And I really like, so our local shop here has more back issues on the wall of predominant issues. Like, and when I say more, I would say 10 times as many comics on display, if not more than what Midtown had. So that was a disappointment to me just because I was expecting a little bit more. Uh, now I will say, so I went, I went, I did go twice. Okay. So I okay. went the first time because it is a little overwhelming when you get there. It's almost like a deer in the headlights uh, because there's a lot of things to look at in general from just the regular stuff that they have and the, the extra merch and all these things. So I took my son the first time and we're in there. My, my wife and daughter are off at some other store and behind, and this is it's in a weird position too. The variant, like one in 200 variants or the one in 50s or some of the more predominant variant covers are behind the counter up on display, but they're behind the counter between two registers. So if you want to get a look at it, you actually are standing kind of where the registers are and it's awkward because there might be, it's, it's just a weird spot. That's the GameStop move. Or yeah. like the, like, you know, the Star Wars themed Xbox console mm-hmm. exclusive is, is behind the guys that, and you got, you're waiting in line and it's like, no, 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 I'm not buying. I just, can I see that? It's weird. Yeah. And so I didn't love that. So we're sitting there, we're looking and I see a graded 10. It's the first time I've seen a 10. What's the book? It's, there's a lot of these. Batman Damned number one. So it's Batman Damned. It's expensive comic. Expensive comic. It's a 10. It is signed by Jim Lee and has a little Batman head doodle on it as well. Is so that the green seal? Uh, you know, I, I get... Or gold. Uh, gr- uh, whatever is official. That's green, I believe. Yeah, I think so too. And it's... There it is. It's a 10. And my son goes, Dad, it's a 10. You should get it. How much do you think that comic was? Batman 10, uh, Batman Damned. First off, I believe that comic, just to get it graded, cost more money. Not much. I mean, so if you're spending 35 on on a regular, you're spending 45 on something like this. Well, because they use the magazine process. Yes. If you don't remember, uh, that particular comic was this odd. In the magazine size. Well, yeah, but not like a weird magazine size. Yeah. You ever see those like when you're checking out at the grocery store? Like spin store? magazines. Yeah. Rolling or Newsweek Stone. did another Robert Kennedy special. Yeah. It, it, like Oversize, that. Oversize, yeah. Um, and there are a lot of 10s that are out there because I, I debated getting mine graded uh, because I have a good chance it might be a 10. I haven't read it. Well, it was made of like a card stock or something. A little bit feeling thicker. Feeling like yeah. that. So it probably held up a little better. I know that comic right after they released it was $50 on the internet because it was like a limited run. Well, and they also, there was like uh, 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 Matt Band's junk or something's in it yeah. or, or something like that. They also, something weird happened. I never read into that, but they immediately stopped the line after the second comic or something. And then, and then now the third one's coming out. And so now they're bringing it back. I'm going to say that comic book was $600. Higher. $800. And higher. Is it a grand? Two. $2,000? $2,000 for a Jim Lee autograph with a little doodle. Batman damned. That is perfect at 10. Can I tell you what that comic's worth? Sure. Like, I understand that anything is worth whatever someone will pay for it. Yeah. That comic might should be maybe $200. The comic itself, yes. You throw a Jim Lee autograph and a Jim Lee doodle on it, I figure it's a $750 book because... Jeez, dude! Because it's Jim Lee, you have 
uh, maybe uh, you can start getting into semantics here, but I would say a top five all-time artist of comics. And I'm talking you go old school to new school. Jim Lee's going to be in your top five no matter what. Yeah, but he signs everything. But it's uh, he. There are signatures out there. He's, you've got a couple. I have one. I think I only have one. I, I only have one signed Jim Lee thing. I think maybe two. Yeah. But still, it's not like I'm going to be able to go get something signed now because he's he only does like San Diego Comic Con and he does big things. But to get him to do the little doodle, that's going to cost you some bills. Like oh. that's. Or who's to say he wasn't doing that Batman head doodle for the damn signings that he was doing during that particular I don't span. know. I don't know. But so we're looking at this 10 and my son's like, dad, you should get it. I'm like, buddy, that thing's $2,000. He's like, you can afford it. I'm like, I can afford it, but I'm not going to spend $2,000 on a on a comic. This is a great a teaching lesson for your son here. Yeah. That like, you know how I can afford that? Because I don't buy stuff like that whenever <laughs> I see it. That's right. <laughs> like, that's how that works. Daddy can get that because he didn't do it the last time. <laughs> but I thought I was, I was blown away at $2,000. But it was kind of neat. These, they do have some of those extra variants. And then around the corner, some of their back issue stuff wasn't super like predominant. What they had on display to me wasn't like, oh, wow, look at that. It's like just stuff that I've got in my collection. that I Not that I don't think twice about some of those, but nothing that blew my mind. Who's to say that – and this is a, a – just me playing devil's advocate mm-hmm. but who's to say that there you came in the middle of summer i did and new york's a hot tourist spot right now mm-hmm. i learned that when i went yeah. like a ton of people like the hotels are booked yeah there's people everywhere yep who's to say that they're not in an inventory time right now and they're just i don't think they have that i think that they probably do i think that probably two or three times a year i guarantee it because that they've got three stores, they probably have two warehouses. Yeah. Because their internet business is like... It's got to be 70% of what they I do. I bet if you Google, I'd like to buy a comic book, that Midtown is that first website. Let's see. You want to bank on that? We're going to yeah. Google on the so podcast. So what do you want me to phrase it as? Uh, where where can I buy a comic book? Where, we, where can I buy a comic book? We're not going to count the maps that pop up because of modern day Google. Uh, so first up pops up is mycomicshop.com. All right, let's keep going. And see, then see if Midtown comes up at all. Amazon's next, Target, and then Midtown Comics is the first Dude. one on, under the drop outside of the of the ad that was the first one up there. So outside of an advertisement, Midtown Comics is number one. So they're behind Amazon and they're behind Target. I mean, that is the comic shop then, right? Yeah. And then that, then the mycomicshop.com is, so after Midtown, it's Walmart, it's Barnes & Noble, it's howtolovecomics.com, the marysue.com, and then My Comic Shop. And then, then now you start to get some other ones. So That's I, my point. Yeah. I, I think they're playing at such a high level here. There are probably at least two or three warehouses or some storage facility, right? Sure. Where all of their actual comics are that people... Because, look, you got to figure Midtown's probably providing comic books to people around the world. I went to another comic book shop because while I was there, I posted a photo of Midtown and somebody had said, hey, go check out. And it was like John Hudley's Universe or something like that. It was this, a smaller comic book store a little bit further down, not too far from the Empire State Building. So I went in there and it was really small. Like it was, you know, maybe twice the size of the studio. And so it was kind of neat to go in there. Not a, Also, not a giant back issue collection. That's kind of the stuff that I was looking for. I was hoping, being in the city, I'd have a chance to do that. 
And while I was looking at some of their stuff, I saw a dude who had some comics in his hand and he had picked up an Uncanny X-Men issue. And he had did not pick up the House of X or Powers of X. I think one of those had come out. Powers of X is what had just come out. And he didn't grab that one. And I told him, I said, hey, if you're an X-Men fan and you got that in your hand, I would really recommend grabbing that. He's like, oh, I would. But I ordered it from Midtown. I'm visiting from like Chicago or something like that. And it it's delivered while I'm here. Sure. So this guy lives in Chicago. Third biggest city in the country. Gets his comics and his list that he orders from Midtown, and they mail them to his house. Like, how many comic shops do we have uh, that we could drive to here? It's a North Myrtle, Drew's Place. Uh, four, I think. Yeah, there's like four comic shops here. How many do you think are in Chicago? 40? Oh, yeah, probably. Maybe 60? I mean, yeah. it's probably something stupid. Yeah. And this guy orders his online. And he's in another comic book store to buy some stuff because he's just in town visiting. Couldn't buy the comic because. So what I did was uh, I, I did buy that issue from Midtown, but I was looking for a variant. Because I can buy variants there at cover price. Ours are a little bit more expensive because the, the quantity isn't the same. I want to present a hypothetical. Okay. How was the staff? Comic shops and music shops share this. Mm-hmm. Your staff makes or breaks you. Drew is incredibly inviting at our place. Mm-hmm. He's not the kind of guy that's going to go out of his way and bother you about, hey, are you looking for anything? Do you sure. need help? If you start a conversation with Drew or ask him a question, you might be there three hours. Like, he, he's friendly like that, yeah. and he loves what he does and is going to talk to you about it. Oftentimes, music shops and comic shops alike, it's just like, look, dude, Batman's over there. Yeah. Because I'm sure that, you know, it, it can become a little bit of a grind. So how was the stat before I present the hypothetical? Uh, so I was there twice. Okay. And the first day, not that anyone didn't seem friendly, but they were just kind of doing their thing. And, you know, there's plenty of people in there in general who are just, you know, patrons. But it wasn't, you know, I did ask someone a question. I was like, I, I saw it when I went upstairs. I was like, oh, I'm looking for like the like the variants. He's like, oh, yeah, we, we have a whole bunch in general. They're here and here. Uh, and that guy was was decently nice. Uh, but everyone else, not that they were standoffish, but none of them were like, hey, man, do you need anything? Let me know if uh, blah, 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 none of that stuff. When I went back the second time, uh, there was a, a person who was pretty nice who helped me because I had a question. I can't remember what it was at, the, uh, at this time, but uh, they were pretty friendly about it. But everyone else, like when I was at the, the register trying to see some of this stuff, none of them were like, is there anything you need help with? Because some of it I had a hard time seeing because you can only get so close right. to it. Yeah, uh, and so uh, kind of a mixed bag. I wasn't overly like, oh, they're great, but it also wasn't like they weren't bad. It was just kind of milk toast. So here's the hypothetical, because this is how I believe Midtown operates. Now, all of this I've made up in my mind. Sure. So, you know, if any of it's real or not, I have no idea. But what if you walked in and you went to the counter and was like, hey, is there a manager here? Uh, why do you need a manager? Because I'm looking for Action Comics number four. Mm-hmm. I've got two and three. I can't afford one yet. But I've got I've got cash on hand, and I'm looking for Action Comics 4. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking for a graded copy. I'm not buying it online, even if it is graded. I want to hold it. I want to look at it first. I'm looking for a seven or higher. All right? I don't know what that comic book costs. I don't even know what Action Comics number four is, but I'm guessing it's well over $20,000. Probably. Okay? I bet you they can make it happen. might take them a couple of days, but I bet you they can make it happen. Probably you, so. Where you at on that? I think that's true. 
like they call Trevor in Jersey City, and he has to dig around for it. I could imagine that is probably true. Because, well, they could probably do probably not even take a couple of days because it's not like they don't know what their inventory is. Because if most of their business is online, it's logged and it's ready, and they're using a regular just system of of you know inventory some sign of inventory software so was the two thousand dollar batman dam number one the most expensive thing that you saw yes all right that's not the most expensive comic midtown scott of course go to their website now and find whatever sure i think that the likelihood of them selling a two thousand dollar comic in store and having a physical exchange are one in five hundred thousand or one in a million maybe i bet i bet it's more than that because number one you're in new york city People like to do a little flash and cash while they're there to go, I'm going to Midtown, I got some money to spend, and then you want somebody to see you buy that thing. Okay, no, at that point I'll agree with, the price of that comic is egregious. Yes, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty Okay, yeah. but my point is, is that the likelihood of them selling Action Comics number four for $29,000 or whatever in the store are slim to none. Right. Plus it's a liability having it in the store to begin with, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that, that's true. And... So here, here's my counter to that. I can't remember the name of the store. It might be Atomic Comics or Torpedo or something. It's, it's the one in Las Vegas that is owned by the guy from System of a Down, the drummer for System of a Down. That's I, Atomic, isn't it? I think it's Atomic. So I, I've never been to that store. I'd like to go to that store. But from what I was told, being in our store, and a gentleman came in who travels for business, went to that store and said, when you go there... You can pull off the wall, you know, Spider-Man 300 as if if it's nothing, or a predominant X-Men issue, or a predominant Superman issue, or Batman as if it's nothing, because there was something that was crazy up there. Yeah, but that's the theme of his store, though, right? Because hadn't he talked about that? Like, I want the store to be... I think I've read that. I think he just wants it to be the experience I was looking for at Midtown. I think he's doing it. And And knowing that exists in Vegas... Is it easier to do because it's in Vegas? I don't think it's any easier or harder. You have a store. Yeah, but Vegas is a di- man. It's a different. That is Vegas's thing. Vegas has come, just do things differently than it's done anywhere else. Yeah, it's the whole but, makeup but, of the but city. But so does New York City, Times Square, the whole hullabaloo that happens there, and the and the flash and pomp and circumstance and the, the and the and the thrill. Let's go to that now. Can we move on to just general New York talk? Yeah. Are you under the impression that Times Square is a giant letdown? Because I think that Times Square is the biggest letdown there is. Uh, it was fine. I mean, it, the the nice thing about it was we didn't go to it. We stayed in it. So that was easy because we, we stayed right in the heart of it. We were at the Crown Plaza and you know out the window straight because we had the Times Square view on the 29th floor or whatever. Right across from us is the M&M world. And you get to see all these little signs and all these things that are flashing in lights. So we didn't have to go to it. We just walked everywhere from it. If you would have been on the left face of your building, mm-hmm. and I'm saying left as in if you're looking at the M&M thing, yeah. if you would have looked out the left face of your building, you could have seen where I stayed. Okay. So I'm right there. Yeah. So I was fine with that. So as we walked the streets or whatever, you know, we're walking somewhere that we have a purpose. We're going to go eight blocks down the road to Midtown. Uh, my daughter's going to walk another block or two over with my wife because there's like a ballet place that's a famous whatever. So she's going to go there. Along the way, I don't care about any of the people who want me to have their picture taken with them and me give them one or two dollars because you're in a bumblebee 
costume and by Bumblebee, I mean the Transformer and not the the B-Girl. Just a lot of that. A lot of that. And heck, there were half-naked girls walking around in this uh, the the spot that's down where they have the seating, like the red benches or whatever. I don't know why that's there. Uh, and then there's this little courtyard area. In it are a lot of those performers or just those that are dressed in costume. There were four girls, uh, ladies, women, and they are they do not have a top on at all. They are painted up top, and they are wearing like a g-string or a you know a thong-esque bottom. That, and they're also just painted up, patriotic looking, red, white, and blue. And I saw it, was like, oh, how are you doing? You know, but I'm with my son, and my son's the best. When he sees something like that, it's as if uh, you just showed him something that said, if you look at this anymore, you're going to go blind. Because he'll go, oh, and he looks away immediately. Like if he's watching TV, if it I happens. Used to do that. Yes, so he's a, he's a good boy. He's 12. And give him one more year, he's going to, I'm going to have to turn his head from looking at something like that. Uh, but, that's the most exciting thing that I saw when it came to any of the performers. I didn't go into any of the stores. Did you? We I think we spoke about this before you left for your trip. But I think that New York and that Times Square area mm-hmm. in the center of Manhattan, like that whole thing, is just a giant advertisement. Oh, like it is. there's no way that the M M&M and M store is turning a profit right there. That whole store is about being where it is mm-hmm. so that M&Ms are top of mind. Sure. I don't think they're turning a profit. There's no way. I mean, there's so much to buy in there. and There's lines of people buying it. Because I will tell you this. Most of the people we encountered in New York are not from here. So they're coming over here to America, and they're buying up America. You know, they're buying M&Ms. They're buying Hershey's. They're buying a lot of they this. They come over here in like, uh, you know, it's like, you know what? We're in the South, man. We're in the Bible Belt. And yeah. so the, there are a lot of Holy Land tours. And that's something that I would love to do. Like, mm-hmm. I think it would be so cool to go to Israel and mm-hmm. to, like, uh, to cruise up through Jerusalem. Like, it's just a part of the world that, you know, a slim chance I'll ever see it, right? Yeah. So that'd be cool. Most of the time when people go there, they go in groups. Yeah. So when I went to One World Trade Center, there was, like, a bus. And it was some kind of uh, Chinese travel group or mm-hmm. something i bet a hundred chinese people got off that thing yeah we it, had a ton of brazilian kids in our hotel yeah there's probably 80 of them yeah which is cool yeah that's what i thought it was like really neat because uh one world trade center i know you went to did, I you, did did you pay attention when you went into that initial room before you know when you walk through the rocks and everything uh, on the bottom yeah it's there it's like fake rock formations yeah, yeah, to yeah. Get you over yeah, to yeah. the elevator yes there's that room it's like a a little lobby that you stand in and Mm -hmm. there's a ticker at the top to tell you how many people from how many countries have visited this week or whatever yeah i'm I'm barely glazed at it but yes i took pictures of it that's cool because it was like over a hundred yeah and i don't i think it's by the week you know how many countries have visited this week Mm -hmm. i thought that was so cool yeah i was impressed funny enough it was that was towards the end of our trip my if you asked what did you want to do or not do and take away my wife's like you could have taken this off the list was one world trade because at that point she's like i'd you know the views the view at that point i could have done without the building like she at that point i think she was just kind of done with some of that stuff because we did empire state ahead of time because you and i talked about beforehand you told me what empire offered and you told me what one world offered my wife had had it on the schedule for One World First and Empire Second. I was like, oh, no, we need to swap that. I wanted you to do them that way. I talked to you about that. About doing One World First? Yes. No? Yes, I, because it was your idea. You said, well, I want to go to the beast mode last. Uh, and, yeah. 
when my whole idea was, no, you go to that one first, and then you see how much radder we are now than what we used to be with, like, observation decks. and Yeah, well, that's why I wanted them to have that impression first. So we hit Empire first, and then they got to see, like, that's cool. Even the elevator, just the top of that elevator does something. Then, because I didn't want them to go into the awesomeness of One World Trade with the elevator being amazing and this view and all this tablet 360 views and you can touch these touch screens and see what the buildings are around you and then go to Empire State and go, oh, it's a deck. The One World Trade Center, did you go to the Oculus, the mall down there? Yes. Have you ever seen anything like that? It's, it's, uh, It's very aesthetic. It And... You know what expensive. It, you know what it feels like. Have you ever seen? Feel the, like it's in the Matrix. Close. I'm going with a movie too. Another strange movie, the Robin Williams movie that nobody ever talks about that I love. It's called One Hour Photo, where he plays Cy oh, the yeah. Photo Guy. Yeah, the psycho, right? Yeah, he's a crazy person. But remember, he worked in a big box store at the photo counter. Mm-hmm. They used white. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-mm. Okay, so the movie is shot in a way so that every time they show Robin Williams at work, who is this haunting, terrifying, psycho figure, sure, yeah. it's white, it's brightly lit, and you know how white and black are used, yeah. or, or, or white and red, how they're used to uh, portray whatever. I felt like that in the Oculus. Like, they want this to look as clean. And it does. Pristine. And did you see the... The beams that come the up. Beams and, yeah. The beams the open air, yeah. like, in the brands that are there. Yeah. Like, it's like... Uh, it's Kate Spade. It's Savorsky. Co- yeah. and, and it's Rolex. Yeah. And it's Breitling. And it's like, wow. And there's nobody shopping there. You got people that'll go in and out, but I didn't see a lot of bags. Did you Did you walk back by the place you can live inside there? Did you see that? I did see there was some, there was a guard and uh, more so than a doorman, and I didn't know if it was offices or if you could live in there. Okay, so if you would have stopped right before you got there, mm-hmm. I'm the weirdest tourist because I'm interested in like just a regular mundane day to day. Yeah, like I love that stuff. There's a sign right there. Uh, visitors must have appointments or resident, you know, whatever. Sure. And I was like, oh my gosh, people live here. Can you imagine how expensive that is? We were throwing numbers out. What do you think? 15 to 20 a month. Well, I will tell you, I had a a buddy of mine. His parents, so this is the late 90s. His parents are moving back to England, and they're getting a place that overlooks Hyde Park. Okay. And they're in a high rise. Over Hyde Park, so those that don't know, over in in, uh, London, Hyde Park is Central Park. For mm-hmm. like for like New York, it's the biggest green area around. Their apartment was nine thousand dollars a month. So if you do that in the late nineties at nine thousand, you're probably not too far off at fifteen to twenty thousand dollars a month. I think that's accurate. Who can afford that, and who would afford that? Rihanna. I just threw out random celebrity name. But see, I still, I mean, there's so many more places you can live. No celebrity's going to live there. It's probably. I figure it's no one. There's probably five people live in that place. I would live there. Would you? Not for $20,000 a month. Oh, yeah. Even if you're uber rich, though. Let's say you're a billionaire. You can afford $20,000 a month. That's like a $2,000 mortgage for you. Is that the place you're picking? Uh, if I'm a New York person? Yeah. yeah. Like, that's so? not, I'm not a New York guy, so it's not my place. But I'm picking it so that I can say that I'm in 2207 One World Trade Center. Yeah, but I just... I mean, Where do you live? 
the Freedom Tower. <laughs> I know. Come on, bro. I know that would be cool, but I just I couldn't imagine dropping the dough on that. Also, but. I'm sad that your wife was disappointed because One World Trade Center is incredible, and I advise everybody to visit that that site. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was super cool. It is the most American thing in the country because I feel like it looks like a giant middle finger on mm-hmm. the east coast to the rest of the world and that's kind of what they were going for yeah honestly yeah it, it is i thought it was fantastic and but i think just because of where it placed in the uh, in in the line of touristy things that we were doing that ended up being the thing my wife's like no nope, i'm good if you would have been to if you would have gone to the empire state building on this trip mm-hmm. and three years from now you would have gone to one world trade center it would have been a completely different experience for you because i went to the empire state building 15 years ago Mm -hmm. and i went to one world trade center like a month ago and it's a vastly different experience yeah i mean i love both like when i was at empire i'm like this is super cool but when i went to one world trade i could see that it was so much of a step up that i i liked it more so i was totally down it's also a better view i feel like oh totally it, you're higher, and it, and it's just a, a the the 360. Not that you can't do 360 at Empire, you can, and you're outside. But just being inside was just I loved it. Also, the deal where you can look and see Jersey City, and then the multiple mm-hmm. small skylines of various cities in New Jersey. I just think that's so cool. That's another state over there, guys. And there's like six cities, and we're looking at all of them. Yeah, we were fortunate. Empire State Day, a little bit of a haze, but you could still see it was fine. Just wasn't crystal clear. Uh, One World Trade Day crystal clear the day the first time i went to the empire state building it was like a nasty overcast mm-hmm. and it, it can't see anything no nothing you're in the clouds yeah and i will tell you because uh, we're almost done here uh my favorite thing out of all the stuff that i did in new york is we did the nbc studio tour yes and i got to as a part of the tour because you don't know exactly where you get to go you're guaranteed to get into a studio or two yeah, but you don't know what they're going to be because they might be filming or doing whatever. But we did the early one, so we'd have access to pretty much anything that they had in, on store for us. We got to go into uh, the studio for Saturday Night Live. And just being able to be in that room, because have you been in there? Yeah. Yeah. So for those that have never been in, uh, there's you know there's the seats up top, which normal people sit in. And when you're looking down to the floor, there's the monologue stage, which looks like Grand Central Station. Isn't that what it looks? It's supposed to look like. Yeah, and then to the left of it. No, the, yeah, that is. Yeah. yeah, and to the left is the the music stage, and then to the right is a little step up and a and a soundstage space. Not very big. Like two two sections of the monologue stage would fit there, so not very large. Then I so seeing that after being a fan for since I was a kid was a, was just awesome, like an awesome experience. But then they mentioned those people you see sitting on the floor are like friends and family, are people who they know someone to get into those couple of seats right there. And then I found out that the show is done around them. Yep, all the sets are on that floor, not up on the stage where like the monologue is being done or any of that stuff. All of it's on the floor. And if it's going to be something messy, then it is on that stage, if you're looking at the monologue stage, to the right. And then it doesn't get cleaned up until after the show. And I thought that was crazy. I never, out of all the years that I've watched, never knew that when I'm seeing those people, when you know, when they show the crowd during a monologue, that all the sets for everything else we're about to see is to their right and left. We just can't see them. Did you watch Saturday Night Live while you were in New York? Uh, no. It was pretty cool because... 
I did, and it's corny, but I was like, oh, man, that's right around the corner. Yeah, we didn't just because we got in Sunday afternoon, and then we left Friday. So we weren't in New York when it was actually on. So I love that. I got to get on the set of uh, The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, which was super cool. I even got to sit at his old desk, which was awesome. And then, uh, you know, since I am a TV news anchor, I got to go into Lester Holt's nightly news uh, set, and that was super cool. I don't know if anyone else cared, but for me, since I do the news every day, and I sit at a desk and I read a teleprompter and all that stuff, that was really kind of cool to see how it's done on about as top level as you can get. Well, that's where Brokaw set, man. Yeah, um, it was awesome. You know, they're still... Yeah, I mean, I have to check, but I believe NBC, they still control the nightly news ratings. Isn't that correct? That Lester's still... Probably. And I think that's been a thing for quite some time. Yeah, it was cool. And, and they told us when we were in there, he's the only dude in that room. When they're doing... There are a couple of cameras, all computerized, all motorized. It's being controlled from another room. And it's like him, maybe maybe somebody else in that room. You like him? Uh, it's fine. I think he's great. Yeah, like, I, I once I started to do the news... I started to look at the news people a little bit different, and so I don't think I have any favorites. I don't think I have any non-favorites. It's all just kind of vanilla. I can tell when I don't like someone. Like, for me, Bob Costas was the guy because no matter what he did, he was so calculated in the words that he said and how he said them. You never hear Bob Costas say, we're here in Sydney, and um, there's a lot of... You never hear him say, oh. No, because I think Bob Costas is a radio guy. I really think that yeah, like, maybe so. You know what I mean? Like he's cut from that mold. Yeah. Where it's like I have to be, I have to fill space, I have to talk, I have to be direct, mm-hmm. and it has to be thought out. Yeah, economy of words too. Yeah. So I could see, I could see that. And I really walk, thought of it. Dude, walking thesaurus too. Like yeah. that dude's a great vocabulary. Yeah, and I want my vocabulary to be better, uh, and and I I think it's pretty good for what I do. I mean, you and I both talk on the radio every day, and then doing the news, and so I think mine's better than than uh, several people I come across. Then I'll hear some people, and like I imagine Lester is a very well-read individual who can bust out some stuff we've never heard. You ever seen him play a? a, a you ever seen him play bass guitar? No. He's in like a neo soul jazz band. What? And he gets down, dude. I'm talking about he's this. I know you can't see this. Yeah. But he's, he's doing the whole bass, doing the, the movements. Bobbing the head and yeah. he's slapping on that thing. Yeah. You've never seen that? No, but now I know I'm going to Google when this is done. Dude, he takes his tie off and I, I think he does like a different dude on the streets, man. He is um, Duke Silver from uh, Parks and Rec. Ron Swanson. Duke Silver. What was Paul Rudd's character's name in Anchorman? Oh, uh, Bobby... The reporter? Yeah, yeah. Uh, wasn't it Bobby something? Um, oh, I can't think yeah, of it. It was like a name like it was like Bobby Monte Carlo or something. Yeah, you know, he had yeah, like yeah, one yeah. of those or yeah. something. He's him. Yeah. Like he's here, he's on the scene and he's he's giving you the report and then when it's over, boom, I'm... I'm looking for action. Oh, that's amazing. Isn't that, that cool? Now I have something really good to Google uh, when we're done with this, and as uh, does the listener as well. So I know we didn't get into any sort of comic booky like or movie stuff. I was going to mention uh, House of X and Powers of X. If you're not reading and picking up those, do it. Super cool. Have you read any of it yet? No, but I have. I have this. Yeah, we're, we are now three issues in uh, because House of X uh, just had issue two come out this week. Powers of X had their first one last week. Uh, it is pretty awesome. So uh, kudos to Hickman for writing something totally different. I didn't really know what to expect, and I am loving it. And then Absolute Carnage came out yesterday. Mm-hmm. I have not started to read that yet, but that is absolutely 
a uh, pickup, and that that thing's going to be running rampant over all kinds of comics for the next little while. So those are some of your pickups. Uh, enjoy your trip to uh, Charlotte and a few others. You're going to go see Mr. John Mayer. John Mayer, uh, Friday night, and uh, the following night, Eric Gales, great blues guitarist as well. Yeah. Are you excited about, like, what do you think you're going to get out of John? The concert reviews have been incredible. Yeah. I mean, he's doing two sets, gives you a 10-minute break in the middle, comes back out. He's doing everything. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he put a lot of research, too, into... What uh, his fans want? Yeah, it's regionally. Oh, okay. So oh, he's nice. he's got these metrics. So, like, the show that he's going to do in Charlotte is not the show that he did in Minneapolis a few nights ago. Yeah. Because he's going to... What, what are you guys streaming? What of my songs do you... You know, really listen to that's them. cool. Isn't that, isn't that neat that nowadays an artist can do that if they want to? You got a catalog of stuff and you can tell what that city you're in really cares about. 100%. Man, awesome. Well, have fun with that. Uh, so uh, that probably means no pod next week, right? Because you're going to be vacationing it up? I'll be, no, I'll be back Tuesday. Oh, okay. Oh, you're going to do short and sweet and uh, getting some blues down. Yeah. Good for you. I will enjoy that trip. Be safe. As always, thank you for listening. Uh, if you have someone you think would enjoy the podcast, make sure you share it. Uh, like us, give us some stars, all that stuff. Until next time. Thanks.